0: Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hi everyone, welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm joined by George Humbert, the founder, um, do you throw any other titles in there too?
1: No, not really. Of, uh,
0: <laughs> of Pub Dog Brewing Company. Who is? Uh, I you're one of the originals in Maryland. It, it was, I was—I can't remember who I was talking to the other day, but like we were trying to figure out like how many waves of craft beer there have been in Maryland, and I think we're at like th- maybe the third or fourth wave now. Um, I think I would definitely include Pub Dog in that first wave. Would you? Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah. Uh, hey, Chris. Thanks for uh, having me today. And uh... you're welcome. Yeah, I've been well I've been in brewing in Maryland since about nineteen ninety five. So uh
0: Yeah, that makes you an original. <laughs>
1: <laughs> More like a relic, but uh <laughs> yeah, I uh you know, so Pub Dog's been around since two thousand one. In fact, we're we'll hit our twentieth uh, anniversary this year at the at the end of the year, so so
0: it's, you uh, you were solidly in wave one.
1: Okay. I'll, I'll go with
0: that. <laughs> um, so, did, were you brewing professionally before you opened Pop Dog? Yes. Where we're at?
1: So, I started at uh, it was uh, the first brew pub in Montgomery County. It was uh, called Old Town Tavern and Brewing Company, and it's uh, it's gone through several changes since I left. But I was there from about nineteen, I think ninety five to about 1999 and that was my first uh professional professional brewing gig
0: that's what became growlers right yes and then green growlers or whatever they called themselves for a little while and it's
1: it was summit station also i believe before that yes yeah.
0: yeah yes
1: so i know a number of maryland brewers have come through uh i was gonna i was years, gonna so.
0: say there are there are a ton of maryland brewers that went yes. went through that building at some point in their careers that yes. is it has uh been quite a training ground for a lot of maryland's breweries
1: yeah it was a great place to start it was uh you know really it just sort of the the start of the craft beer movement i think and um you know, we we opened up and it just took off. And, you know, I kind of happened to be in the right place at the right time. And I got my start uh, work. Basically, I, I started off there as a bartender and uh, it was actually where I, I met my business partner. He was also working there uh, as a manager. And then I sort of got my foot into the brew house after the assistant brewer uh, left to go to brewing school. And I'd just been really home brewing up until that point. And uh, that's how I got my, that's how I got my start. My first boss was Joe Kalish. He was uh, an ex Anheuser-Busch brewmaster. So uh, he was a great mentor.
0: I was going to and- say like people crap on Budweiser and Anheuser-Busch a lot, but The people who brew there know how to brew beer absolutely
1: yeah there's there's no question that uh their brewing techniques are you know arguably some of the best in the industry so that was something in my brewing you know training that that i really learned was you know consistency quality and uh, repeatability and uh you know there's you also have the creativity side, and, and we were we were brewing IPAs back in the mid '90s, which were you know relatively new in this country. And uh, but you know what, what what I really learned under Joe was just sort of more the technical side of brewing, which is which is important. It's it's really uh, you know it's something that any most breweries that have survived for a long time have that technical skill and you know have you know the ability to produce a batch of beer very consistently yeah time after time
0: yeah if you're not able to do that you're not going to ma- last a long time if you're if you're not making good beer consistently then people are going to stop coming at some point
1: yeah so there's there's a good story you know in the in the industry um, somebody once uh, talked about the difference between Um, you know the futures of Sierra Nevada Brewing and New Albion Brewing they both sort of started in California at the same time and Sierra Nevada went on to become one of the biggest you know craft brewers in the country and the world and New Albion didn't make it and you know I'm not sure what you can say about I wasn't around at that time but you know there were Sierra Nevada really focused on quality and consistency of their product and uh, you know they've been around 35 years now I think, yeah, so. they
0: were the ones to survive yep so so how how did you get into home brewing because that wasn't like now like someone says they they're into home brewing it's just like saying I don't like I like to draw or I'm into any other like it's a just a not an uncommon hobby but I feel like in the 90s, it it had to have been fairly uncommon right
1: yeah it really was um i one of my good friends uh that i've been friends with since grade school uh robert butts um i called him up one day and just was like hey what are you doing today you want to hang out and uh he said well i'm making a batch of beer in my kitchen and i kind of paused for a second i was like really i said How do you do that? Yeah, yeah, I'm coming over. I I got (laughs) to see this. So uh, I went over and we, you know, brewed a batch of beer and made a mess. And uh, I don't know, three or four weeks later, we tried it and it wasn't that great. But I was just fascinated with the process and just, you know, I said, said, hey, can we do another batch next weekend or next month? (laughs) And he was like, sure. I think this was 1991, 92. I mean, this was still like, yeah, you couldn't. The ingredients weren't that readily available. And you just, you know, there was there were a couple stores, I think, in the area. There was one in Rockville called Brewmasters. And, uh, you know, but we were we were really intrigued by it. And I had um, sort of learned you know about craft beer i went to school in boston and sam adams and harpoon were just sort of launching and making a presence in in boston and i certainly i think evolved from you know the beer that i drank in college which was really just cheap and plentiful and uh you know i was just fascinated by the process
0: i drank rolling rock in college
1: yeah, mine was, I, I didn't even get that high up.
0: The <laughs> well, that's, I purposely hung out with the wrestling team. Um, I went to the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown where my freshman year and the um, wrestling team always had rolling rock at their parties. So that in one of my friends was a wrestler so that we always hung out there cause they had the, the good beer. Yeah, that,
1: that was good beer. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean that uh, was when it was, they were still independent. They were brewed. I pretty. I, I don't know how far Latrobe is from Johnstown, but it's pretty close. It's it was the local good beer.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah. So that's how I just got started. I mean, it really was just a random, you know, and just happened to be, uh, you know, have the right the right friend and is doing something at the time.
0: Yeah. You know? so, what did you go to school for?
1: Uh, I actually went to school and studied uh, liberal arts, economics
0: okay well that probably helped a little bit with starting your own business then i guess in some Absolutely, ways economics yeah. would
1: and i'd worked in the restaurant business uh also too sort of uh, as a teenager and then uh, in college and so that was also something that i you know i really enjoyed and and i learned to cook uh at a relatively young age so uh when i got to making beer i was i i, I understood the basics of of the process so And then, you know, I bought every book, homebrewing book I could find, which weren't that many at (laughs) the time. And, you know, just sort of we, you know, we brewed a batch of beer maybe two twice a month and uh, just started learning, you know, more different styles. I think about that same time period. um, The Brick Scaler was having these beer tastings by um, uh, Bob Tupper. He was doing about once a month they would do a, you know beer tastings and bring in brewers and breweries from around the country. and so you could go and try you know different beers from different parts of the country. Because again, back then, selections weren't nearly what they are today.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, even today. if you roll back 10 years, they, they weren't even what they are today. So, like, right. you roll so back, oh, my God, that's, like, 35 30. years. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. I'm so old. Uh, 30 years. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: But it was definitely different back then. So, you saw something like Foster's or something like, yeah. like that, and you were like, oh, wow, that's, yeah. That's, that's the important. good
0: stuff. Right. <laughs> so... So then, how what was your road from home brewing to getting that first job at uh, Old Town, or was it Old Town Tavern? Was that the right name? Yeah, Old
1: Town Tavern and Brewing Company. Yeah. So my 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 same friend Robert Butts, he actually sort of got involved with that with that brew pub
0: he's been a bad influence to you forever huh
1: (laughs) (laughs) so uh that's how i kind of got my foot in the door i came up one day they were doing uh they were renovating the building there in in old town gaithersburg and i kind of went up one day and with him he was there and uh, they were building it out and you know met the brewmaster and uh you know told him i said hey i've been home brewing and he kind of looked at me and was like okay yeah that's that's great um here's a (laughs) here's a paintbrush. Why don't you uh, help me, uh, help me over here. And, but I was persistent and I just said, all right, well, I'd like to work here, even if there's no position, you know, in the brewery, but uh, he said, all right, well, we'll probably get you a couple of bartending shifts here. And, and that's how I kind of got my foot in the door. And then I think three months, three or four months after they opened the assistant brewer ended up going to Siebel uh, Institute in Chicago. And that's when I just said, Hey, I really want to try this. And uh, he said, all right, I'll, I'll give you a month. And uh, <laughs> it, it ended up being four years. I think roughly four years that I was there.
0: So I would have just, the first time I went there, which I think was still old town at that point would was 2001. I'm not sure what the name of it was. I had just moved to Maryland. Um, and I didn't have cell service there and, There was a huge, not huge, but there was enough of a snowstorm that there was like a 20-some car pileup on the Beltway. And my parents had no concept of like where I lived and where D.C. was. And so I was in Germantown, safely far from there. Would not have been driving on the Beltway for any reason. But they couldn't get a hold of me. So they were convinced that I had been in that pileup because I was at either the summit station or old town tavern i can't remember which name it was at that point so that's that's my main memory of there
1: how long how long were you stuck there for um not that that's a bad
0: uh... well I, I mean i wasn't stuck. It, was oh, okay. like, it was like it was like i said it was like there was some snow it wasn't bad i don't know what caused the wreck on the beltway and i lived in germantown so it was like oh, okay. I yeah, yeah so yep. it was a short like there was really no reason at all for them to jump from i can't get a hold of chris so he must be dead in that right. <laughs> in that 20-some car pileup But that's, that's my main memory of that place. (laughs) So what, um, actually let's take a, um, real quick sponsor break. And then when we get back, let's talk about that transition from going from old town tavern to starting pub, pub pub dog. So we will be right back. and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday? Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, are one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. All right, so you spent roughly four years there, um, and you, you said you had met your business partner while working there. Um, what was the process of how you decided like I'm done doing this for someone else I'm open to my own place because it was still also I mean it was a risky venture at that time
1: yeah so we, we both I think ended up leaving about the same time um, we had really formed this bond that we kind of we love the brew pub concept And we figured, hey, we want to start something, you know, on our own. We want to open our own place. And so we probably spent about a year just coming up with a plan and then trying to, you know, figure out how we were going to do it. And we you know, we're trying to save up some money and figure out how we're going to do this. And and we sort of wanted to do it on our own without investors and and getting too complicated. So in about early 2000, we sort of had eliminated the DC area. It was just a little bit more, you know, expensive. And we focused on looking around the Baltimore area. So I get a call one day from my business partner. He says, come up to Baltimore. I think I found a place. And so I drove up and right on cross street, we, we found a place that was, uh, it was a the bar had been out of, I think it'd been closed for a few months. And we ended up Walking up the street to a, a, a realtor's office, walking in and seeing what if they knew anything about the, that establishment, and she said, "Well, I don't know, but let me make a phone call." And 24 hours later, we basically had, you know, agreed to purchase this uh, this place in Baltimore. <laughs> I mean, it happened that quickly. And then we spent about four months. Then we realized right off the bat, like this building really can't. We can't put a brewery in this building. It's just—it's a Baltimore row house. Just didn't have the space, but we figured, hey, maybe we can go to a local brewery and, and see if they'll make some beers for us. And so we we reached out to Old Dominion, um, which I had I knew a couple of people that worked at there, and they said sure, uh, and they basically provided beer to us sort of under, um, you know, basically a house brand for us and they made one or two beers specifically for us, but we were buying other dominion beers and just sort of branding them our own. And we opened in December, 2001. And again, it was a little bit slow. We were trying to do something that we were three or four doors down from Sisson's Okay. Brew pub, which, which was still operating and i think there were maybe a, a handful of, of brew pubs operating in baltimore at the time um
0: and had, had he started clipper city at that point yeah clipper city was open yeah, then so right
1: the clipper city was already was in operation i think clipper city started maybe three or four years before that
0: yeah they just had their 25th Anniversary. So that's
1: yeah. So that makes sense. So about yeah, ninety seven. I think is about when, or ninety six when, when Heavy Seas Clipper City opened. So there was great already. There was a craft beer foundation in Baltimore. Um, I used to drive up from, you know, I lived just outside of DC, and we I would drive up to Baltimore Brewing Company. I'd drive up to Sisson's back in the in the nineties, and and they were really an inspiration for me um the old oxford brewing company and uh, you know those were all great breweries uh Rat, oliver's and brewer's art you know so i, I had already in fact the 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 brewpub scene in baltimore was was i thought much more developed than than in dc at the time so but we so we opened in 2001 and it was you know it was a very simple Pizza and beer, sort of pub, uh, with uh, craft beer. Basically, we didn't really call it craft beer. We just had a dozen or so beers on tap, and we we may have had some other beers originally. I think, but you know, Baltimore is a pretty big Miller Lite town, yeah. so we probably opened with Miller Lite
0: and Natty Bow. Do you have any Natty, Natty Bow?
1: Bo, yep. And so we opened, and then it just you know slowly built from there. I think. My business partner and I, I mean, we didn't take a vacation for the first year and a half. I mean, we worked it every single day. I think we had taken out over a dozen credit cards, credit cards <laughs> to open it up. And so we we basically just said we're going to we're going to pay everything off for the first year and a half until we, we get this thing off the ground. And... uh yeah and then so we did that uh for about four years and we were buying beer from old dominion and then also clay pipe brewing company which was open had opened and i believe also around the same time 2001 in westminster we'd bought a couple beers from them and uh the owner greg norris uh, called us one day and said hey i'm going to be down in federal hill next week you guys want to meet for lunch we said sure so we uh we met him for lunch and we were asking him about his summer beer or winter beer or something we could take and uh he basically said how you guys like to buy a brewery And uh, <laughs> right off the bat my business partner said no and i said <laughs> well hold on a second let's uh let's hear the man out and so he said uh you know, here's where I am. I've operated it for four years and, uh, you know, it's a small little brewery. Um, and I've got some things, you know, needs to grow a little bit. It needs some more investment and capital to, 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 to expand production. But he said, you know, if you guys want to come up and take a look at the facility, you know, come on up and take a look. And we did. And, you know, it was a small little brewery in Westminster, Maryland. Um, which is basically in between Baltimore and Frederick, just a little bit, a little bit further north. And we came up, and I, you know, we took a look around at the brewery, and and Greg showed us around. And I turned to my business partner and I said, "You know what? We might be able to make this work." Um, and at the time, I, my wife and I, we had just had, I think, our third. We just had twins, so. Children two and three came at at once (laughs) and I kind of looked at my business partner and said, you know what, it wouldn't be a bad thing if I stopped working until three o'clock in the morning uh, most. (laughs) nights." And uh, so we said, all right, well, let's figure out what we can make this work. And that was, again, basically just happened all within, you know, very short period of time that we ended up acquiring the Clay Pipe Brewing Company, just the facility uh, up here in Westminster.
0: And that's where you're curr- you're currently there now. Is it that's the same? Where are. Okay,
1: we've been here since uh, officially uh, we took it over in 2006. So okay. we've been here 15, 15 years now.
0: Um, what so then when did you open the Columbia location?
1: So that opened in I believe about 2007. Okay, about a year, maybe a year and a half after uh, after uh, we took over the brewery. So what we kind of realized when it was just a brewery, there was no tap room, there was no, you know, it wasn't open to the public. Um, in fact, no, very few people knew there was a brewery in Westminster. Um, we, uh, we sort of realized that uh, we just didn't have enough production uh, just with the Federal Hill Pub to support the brewery. So uh, my business partner said, "Okay, well, we'll open another pub," and 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 that happened in Columbia
0: and that one is well actually recently reopened correct
1: just reopened uh yep last month after a, a year and a half hiatus
0: i don't remember that was like one of the adjacent businesses there was an explosion or, or was it was it just a fire i can't remember what happened there
1: yeah so there was a uh there was a, a gas line ruptured underground um, that's what okay in the in the under in under the rear parking lot in the, the shopping center, and uh, so that w- was an interesting 24 hours for me. I got uh, the night before uh, we went. We got uh, we took second place in the, the Maryland beer competition, um, and that happened. Uh, so we took second place best uh, overall best of show. And then 12 hours later, I get a phone call. There's been an, explo- There's been an explosion in Colombia. So just a dizzying high down yeah. to this crushing low in the span of about 12 hours was, uh, yeah, a pretty crazy uh, crazy day. So, But, uh, yeah, it was closed for a year and a half. It, it closed in uh, the whole shopping center, basically. Uh, thankfully, no one was injured. It happened, I think, at a, a 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Um, so there were, there were no tenants really, um, in no, no people were, you know, no one was hurt, thankfully. And, um, but they ended up rebuilding one whole section of the, of the shopping center. And it it took a year and a half roughly. So now the bulk of that was spent during COVID. So, uh, (laughs) the last 12 months. So at some point, you know, there wasn't a real rush to reopen.
0: You uh, weren't standing there like tapping your watch telling them to hurry up
1: right yeah so, uh, that that timing somewhat worked out but again it was still it was a pretty big uh you know it was a pretty big loss
0: so there had there wasn't any like damage to the inside of the pub or it was all externally uh, for the shopping center correct okay yeah,
1: there was no no damage inside so
0: so why um what brought you to the name pub dog
1: so uh when we actually first opened in baltimore we were uh we were called the thirsty dog and we were always uh we always wanted to do something dog theme and uh that's you know my business partner and I are both dog you know enthusiasts so we just wanted to do something dog related and i'd been to uh when i when i went to school in boston i would see a black dog pub t-shirts all over the city and uh yeah, i think it's just something you know we, we associated with and it's something we wanted to to, to you know continue and, and to enjoy and you know that type of you know just simple kind of a pub and we like dogs so we just <laughs>
0: <laughs> just went together
1: that simple so
0: what kind of dog do you have
1: uh i have had you know Mostly retrieve golden retrievers, and you know, actually, right now we have cats. So, uh, my uh, my wife is uh, prefers cats.
0: So, mine does too. Um, thankfully, I'm allergic, so I have been cat free, um, <laughs> and we only have a dog. Yeah,
1: good. What kind of dog?
0: Cocker spaniel. Nice. Prior to her, we had a pug, who are amazing dogs, okay. but I would not recommend to anyone get one they are fully defective the <laughs> their years of breeding them to be basically unable to live on their own oh, wow. make them very uh vet intensive animals to have wow. <laughs> so wow. and, and they live a really long well not a really long. he was about 15 years old when he died and he was the best dog ever but there were a lot of dental surgeries and just pugs pugs have a lot of uh let's say genetic baggage (laughs) Hmm. but still a great dog i just recommend a different breed or a mutt (laughs) nice all right so let's take um one more quick sponsor break and we come back i have a couple of listener submitted questions for you cool so we'll be right back there are many reasons why i've chosen district east for where i purchase beer I love the flexibility of being able to make a custom six-pack or take home a crowler from one of the eight beers on tap. The friendly and knowledgeable staff do an amazing job at keeping a diverse selection on hand. You can even purchase artwork from the monthly featured artist. District East is located on Northeast Street in Frederick in the same shopping center as Family Mill and Rockwell Brewery. You can find today's beer lists on the District East Facebook page or at www.districteast.beer. To all you craft breweries, wineries, and distilleries out there, listen up. Atlantic Custom Solutions is the real deal in providing you branded growlers, ceramics, glassware, and accessories like koozies, coasters, and keychains. Their high-definition digital printing, organic ink, and low-fire process ensures your brand is printed in ultra-high definition, giving you a one-up on the competition. We've used Atlantic Custom Solutions for uncapped branded glassware and couldn't be happier with it. Check them out. Visit www.brandmybeverage.com or give them a call at 434-286-4500 to learn more about how they can help you brand your business. Uncapped is brought to you with support from Clintock Distilling, Maryland's first and only organic certified distillery. They are well known for their award winning gin and are rapidly growing a name for themselves for their matchstick bourbon and bootjack rye whiskey that have both won double gold at international spirits competitions. You can visit them in historic downtown Frederick along Carroll Creek for tours and tastings. Go to mcclintockdistilling.com for more information. All right, the first question is What is your favorite beer from Brewery Fire?
1: My favorite beer from Brewery Fire is the Phoenix IPA. That's it's-
0: that's the wrong answer. Uh the correct what? answer would be Crispy Boy. Um <laughs> okay. but I guess I'll accept that one too.
1: Uh, they <laughs> those guys come up with the best names um for beers. It's uh yeah, well, I I love their
0: look crispy boy was the um the hoppy lager that I did with them.
1: Oh yeah, I did have that. Wasn't I-
0: that a great beer?
1: It was a great beer. I actually Ar- had that uh in the last week or so.
0: Arguably um, the best beer they've ever made.
1: It, it was very delicious. Let me tell you. It went uh, great with uh, I think I was having chocolate chip cookies with it. So.
0: in um the this anonymous listener submission uh what is your favorite thing about Jesse Johnson? The <laughs> That's the an brewer- anonymous question. The brewer had brewery fire.
1: Um let's see. <laughs> well uh (laughs) outside of his ever ever changing facial hair um he's just jesse's a good guy i mean i see him you know multiple times per week he uh you know those guys uh when they you know when when i came out here to carroll county there was only one other brewery in carroll county uh johansson's brew pub and what I really like about the, the craft brewing, you know, community is that brewers, I mean, we're, we are a community and we all sort of, you know, bond and, you know, like to hang out together. And we really feel like there's this sense of just, you know, everybody, we're all on the same team and we help each other out and we, you know, share, you know, tips and we, you know, just help each other when when we can. and And that's really great. So,
0: yeah, so those are two completely anonymous uh, right. listener submissions. Um,
1: Did it say, you know, submitted by J. Period J.
0: <laughs> um, uh, it may have just been a text message, and I think mm-hmm. it was labeled Jesse Johnson. <laughs> um, so is it seems like, the, um, like over the years, Pub Dog has had. I mean, you've obviously had the consistent business model of you had a production brewery and then the eventually two brew pubs, but you've kind of gone in and out of, um, distributing and then you did some contract brewing for a while too, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah. We've done contract. We've done a little bit of everything. So,
0: but is it, is it accurate now? It's just the brewery tap room and the brew pubs to get your beer
1: correct yeah we've gone back to basically come back around to you know the business model that we first (laughs) set out 20 years ago uh you know we're really uh you know uh, a pub that makes its own beer and we you know our thing is just direct customer interaction and so about two and a half three years ago we added a tap room here at the brewery and, um, that started basically us back to, you know, what, what we enjoy doing. I mean, there are a lot of things I can tell you that I'm not good at, but what I really enjoy is being in a pub, talking with people and just, you know, being in front of someone and, and you know, talking to them about beer and events and what's going on. And, so and that's our comfort zone.
0: Are, um... Who who's doing the brewing now are you brewing or do, okay because that that's also ebbed yep. and flowed too through the years correct
1: yep yeah so i i just i really love brewing i mean it's really why i got into brewing it's something that i enjoy and and it still inspires me uh every day i just love getting my hands dirty and and being involved in the process and and it's uh it's just fulfilling for me. So I really love just getting in the brew house and and doing everything. And, you know, I'm, I, for the last, uh, you know, year and a half, it's, it's just been me in the brew house.
0: So I remember, uh, would probably have been like 2007, 2008 timeframe. There was a small selection of pop dog beer at ye old spirit shop in Frederick. Mm-hmm. um But it was never the really good stuff. Like sometimes it would be, but then I would have to like go out to Columbia sometimes. So it stopped there and I would get the, um because you had the blue flip top bottles right. at that time. And I would get whatever specialty beer you had at that time. Cause you, yeah. So, like, cause it was, you guys were doing like a lot of, I mean, for that time, I would say experimental like the crazy flavors added in to blonde ales and just you were doing some of the more experimental things in maryland i would say
1: we've always sort of um one thing at the brew pub old town tavern that we always used to have was a fruit beer um, on tap and that's something we we carried over to pub dogs so We've always uh, done, you know, fruit-flavored beers, and we've sort of, uh, you know, it all expanded that over the years. Uh, they're, you know, they're they're popular and they're easy to drink and they're light and they're refreshing. So, we, as we we sort of learned um, that the distribution model was was more difficult for us. It uh, you know that again brought us back to sort of what we we're doing now, and it's for us it's it's just it's a simpler business to to be mostly draft, and we can do more variety and try new things uh, when it's draft only. When you when you're talking about distribution, you've got packaging, labels, and and different all different types of yeah. you know design and stuff you got to do. It's it's just not our strength you know you know i can i can come up with a lot of more recipes and and focus on that a little bit more if i know it's just going to be draft and it's just going to be you know basically changing a beer menu uh you know changing a name
0: you do um growlers to go and yes. uh, do you growler or just growlers
1: just growler we we have recently started um canning some of our beer Okay. Uh, just a couple of beers. We started doing 16 ounce cans, four packs to go. Um, since we we added a kitchen out here at the tap room in uh, about uh, four months ago, so we do takeout uh, pizza, and um, we found that we wanted to offer also takeout beer, already prepackaged in in 16 ounce uh, cans, four packs.
0: Yeah, my kids wanted to go to the Peeps show. Um, yes, a couple weekends ago when we went, or no, it was during the week when we went. Um, and you were very busy when we drove past. There were well, a, there were a crazy. lot of there were a lot of people sitting outside on the the deck, drink enjoying some beer.
1: So our beer garden uh, is is very popular, uh, especially when the weather is nice, and we do get yeah quite a few people that come out. Especially uh, you know also to outdoors right now, uh, you know during COVID restrictions is 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 the preferred yeah. you know place to be.
0: Um, so now though you, you stick mainly to classical styles and the mainstay styles. Is that, is that accurate? I mean, I've, I've definitely seen you do a hazy and some other stuff, but for the most start, most part, you seem to gravitate more towards sticking with traditional styles.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much an old school brewer. I love, uh, you know, lagers i love you know traditional english ales and uh and you know american and styles but uh we've we've done a lot of uh different styles when we were doing some contract brewing for stillwater i mean we were doing stuff that you know i i never really brewed before and and (laughs) working with brian strumpke he was yeah i basically you know to me he's like the frank lloyd wright of beer designing he's just incredibly creative and, and passionate so that expanded my knowledge base uh tremendously so you know from beyond the just you know porter ale stout lager um but you know i that's you know what i learned was brewing classic styles when we first started when i first started brewing uh, professionally so it's more my comfort level is is classic beer styles but you know i certainly like to branch out and, and try some new things sometimes and we've done a few uh, a couple of sours over the last few years and we've done some you know hazy and juicy ipas and i'll brew anything it's yeah. uh it's uh sometimes it's it's tough to predict what the you know what's good popular at the time and what's going to be the next you know, trend, but I just sort of look at it from, I'm going to brew beers that, that I would enjoy drinking, or I think, you know, people would enjoy drinking. So that's, that's sort of how we go about coming up with, with new beers.
0: So you, are you a fan of the hazy IPAs and heavily fruited sours and all sure. the, okay. I didn't know. Yeah, I, mean, I,
1: I like those beers. Our, our hazy IPAs are our number one seller. So it's, uh, you know, it's something that I enjoy. I mean, I drink, I drink a pretty wide range of beers. Um, I feel like I,
0: I think I had that. Um, where was it? Where was that? I can't remember the restaurant now and I should know it's like one of the most popular ones in Carroll County or at least in that area where that the Carroll County craft beer week thing was. Oh, okay. What what? Maggie's Maggie's? Yeah. I think I had, I think I had your hazy there. Okay, and yeah, it was we good. might
1: have we might have done a collab beer for the Carol Beer. Week. Yeah, I think
0: beer. that I think it right. that's what it was. Um, yeah. But my memory is horrible, so I could be completely confusing different events and different times. Who knows? <laughs> I, no, um, I, think you might,
1: I think that was we did a like a collab with uh, Johansons and uh, and Brewery Fire for Car- uh, Carol Beer Week a couple
0: couple years. Yes, ago. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Now yes. I now I can actually remember it. Once someone else gives me all the details <laughs> yeah i keep but getting have- told i need to have um brian scrump strumkey on that he's Definitely. a interesting guy to talk to i've never met him in person though i've had a bunch of his beers especially the- i love the ones that um he did with oliver the whipped ones that had that were nitrogenated so you had to shake them up and
1: thanks yeah he's great i mean he is I mean, he's the most creative brewer I've, I've worked with. He's just, yeah, he's just, he's amazing. He
0: really yeah, He is. may sometimes do, like, come up with ideas that maybe shouldn't have been made. <laughs> Although they're ones I haven't tried, so maybe they were good. I don't know. They just, they sound really out there.
1: Yeah, he's done some stuff. I mean, he came to me once and was like, I want to do a smoked sour beer. And I looked at him and I was like, are you serious <laughs> <laughs> and he was like yeah and i'm like okay let's do it
0: let's figure it and out <laughs>
1: yeah i mean it. it came out great i mean he's just he's got that ability and it's you know I, i'm jealous it's uh he really can design just stuff that's just i i would never even you know consider that would be a possibility so
0: yeah like there were the um it was recently within it was within the past year or two there was the chinese takeout inspired four pack okay that did not sound good to me but he's, i mean who knows it may have been great
1: yeah <laughs> he's he's just a fountain of you know of beer styles and and just you know stuff and super eclectic but you know they all they taste great i mean he's able to pull together flavors that are just you know, mind blowing sometimes.
0: What, um, what made you get out of doing contract brewing? Was it just too much of a hassle when you needed to just focus on supplying your own beer?
1: It was, yeah, we were getting to the point where we're just, we had pretty much maxed out, uh, the facility here. Mm -hmm. And, um, we just said, you know, we want to come back and just sort of regroup and focus on, on doing our own stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was just really one of those, uh, things that we were, we were just getting challenged. Uh, and it got to the point where we were like, you know, uh, Stillwater had basically sort of outgrown, you know, what we could produce for him. And we just thought that would be a good time to just sort of, Hey, you know, dial back a little bit and just kind of focus back on our own. What, what, um, what we'll we doing,
0: what size brew house do you have?
1: It's a 15 barrel brew house. So about 500 gallons
0: when do you have 15 and 30 barrel fermenters or are they all
1: 30 yeah we have mostly 30 barrel fermenters
0: okay yep so actually you you have um you kept caught referring to as this little brewery but as craft breweries go that it's actually on the large end of brewing equipment
1: it's it's probably yeah maybe maybe in the middle but uh you know, my first brew house professional was a seven barrel brew house, so this is, you know, twice, roughly twice the size.
0: How much um how much beer do you guys produce a year?
1: So, in a typical year, um our our we were right around 2,000 barrels. Okay. In a, in a in a normal year. So, it's a lot of beer. It's a lot of beer. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Especially consumed <laughs> all on site.
1: Yeah, yeah, mostly. I mean it's yeah, it's between the, the three locations. Yeah, it's 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 a good amount. So we still do a little bit of contract brewing just but very much smaller scale. Okay. And uh, for, for mostly local local breweries, so within within the state.
0: Do you have um your own canning? Uh no, we but, we bring so in uh, iron heart, heart
1: a mobile canner, yeah, okay. comes in for it. So, which is really nice. It's For us, it's great. It's, they come in, hook up, can, and uh, that's it.
0: Yeah, the uh, The only negative I ever heard about them was in the past year because everyone needed to use them. It just became yeah. harder to schedule.
1: Right. So in the last year, uh, you know, most breweries went from, you know, just say 50-50 draft to uh, packaged cans or bottles to, you know, ninety five percent pack or more <laughs> or more and five percent draft. So yeah, COVID posed some some challenges not only for uh you know just how to how you gotta get your beer out there, but uh you know, logistics for just getting enough cans and uh you know uh, Oh
0: yeah, then there was that that shortage and happened and then
1: cans became scarce and uh you know getting materials delivered became a challenge. So
0: um but. how how were you able to operate the Federal Hill place cuz Baltimore was a little more uh clamped down than a lot of the other parts of the state, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it, it Baltimore was shut down for I'm going to say 5 to 6 months okay. in 2020.
0: Were you doing it takeout or anything or did you just yeah. have to close during that time?
1: Yeah, just just okay. closed. So, which was tough. So, yeah, I can imagine. And we were doing takeout only here, uh, from the tap room. So for, I'd say three months, first three months, but the response from the local community and, and, you know, beyond was just incredible. We had no idea when we closed. Um, I think it was the day after St. Patrick's day or the day before St. Patrick's day. You know, we had all this beer that we had brewed for St. Patrick's day and then, uh, we, we, we got the notice from the state, you know, from the governor, we had clothes, and then I think we could be open for takeout only. And the first week we, we had some, a few people come in, Phil Growlers. Mm-hmm. And um, but I think the first week people didn't know what to do. I think everybody just stayed home. Yeah. Uh, and then the second week more people came in and the third, third week, more people came in and by the fourth week, I came home on a Friday night, and my arms were so tired from filling growlers <laughs> Friday that, I mean, I looked at my wife, and I'm like, I don't think I filled more growlers. You know, I think we filled more growlers today than we have in the last six months.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, the response was just incredible. I mean, people came out and supported us, and it was great. We had a promotion where we were doing, um, you know, basically uh, uh, discounted growlers for first responders and healthcare workers during during the shutdown and, you know, we had a tremendous response from that. And, uh, you know, it was one of those situations where we just made the best of it and, and we got through and, uh, but just, you know, we wouldn't have had that unless, you know, the community was just so supportive of, of local businesses, you know, including ours. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I was, I was just reading something today, like looking back, since we're so close now from the beginning, like the anniversaries of the beginning of different phases of it, And like that was one shining spot of like how communities got together to help lift up the businesses that could potentially have been completely decimated by having to be shut down.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I was just, I was just really touched and blown away. I mean, by, by how much uh, the community just, you know, came out and supported us and, and brought growlers and, we at one point we couldn't get growlers from our uh, our supplier or they couldn't print uh growlers for us they were you know backed up or they had parts of their plant was shut down and so uh we were running going to run out of empty growlers at one point and we were able to you know come up with uh hand stickering growlers with our <laughs> logo and information on yeah. them and I mean it was just it was it was great so
0: Yeah there it w- was a constant year of having to come up with I guess pivoting it was a, a constant year of pivoting for uh I guess any hospitality industry type business
1: yeah it was a challenge but uh you know yeah you just had to kind of get creative and uh you know do what you could do and again that's where the local you know brewing community really you know those are the times where you you can reach out to somebody you know that you know locally and be like hey do you have any empty cans or do you have any growlers or, do you have this i'll trade you for this and you know that's where you know those kind of relationships are just you know they it's they're great to have
0: yeah well i know you have to uh get going soon to you had a hard out so i want to thank you so much for your time today and uh thank sharing you. your story and um well i guess you, you have three locations that you can give a rundown to people where they should go to, uh, find pub dog beers.
1: Sure. So yeah, Chris, this is great. I really enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah. So the, the brewery tap room is in Westminster, Maryland. And, uh, two pub locations are Columbia, Maryland and Baltimore city.
0: Maryland. And, uh, pub has all the information for what's on tap and all the menus. And, go check out there and your pub dog yeah just pub dog everywhere on social media so you you got in there early enough to get before (laughs) someone else decided to just grab that yes alright so thank you again um, and thank you everyone for watching and listening cheers cheers the uncapped podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me Chris Sands be sure to like us on Facebook And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.
1: Oh my God, that's good.